0: hello and welcome to the sacred remembering podcast the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are with me as your host sarah poet now if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit that's okay have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went wait i left something of myself back there along the way Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello, dear ones, and welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I really can't wait to get started with this episode with Jen Ailey and the way we talk about self-worth. I have an intro here for you in a moment, but I did want to remind you that the Sacred Truth Mastermind of mine that I run biannually, actually this is the first year that I'm running it Biannually, twice, because <laughs> 2020 is so potent, has so much to teach us. Uh, the Sacred Truth Mastermind is beginning again August 19th. So as you listen to this, if you are listening to this and you're starting to spark up like, oh man, I need a women's group, oh, I've been hearing Sarah talk about this, oh my gosh, like do I want to stand in my sacred truth? Yes, I do. Um, you need to take action, okay? This is the time to take action. And I am feeling, I think it's because we're getting closer, but also because um, I'm really feeling the true, true potential. Actually, like the, the actualized potential um of what will happen for every woman that signs up for this um because what was originally what what the unspoken unconscious agreement was you know at the beginning of patriarchy was have women not remember who they are, have women cut off from the truth of who they are. And then, you know, we were controllable. We were repressed. We forgot how to uh, come together in these beautiful webs. As we talked about in last week's podcast, um, we forgot how to do that. And we are genuinely, genuinely remembering now and remembering to. Together, Okay, so the sacred remembering piece about each woman waking up to the truth of who they are, who we are, when you do that in a group of women, and have women remembering together, a couple of things happen. Primarily, you are given full permission to be you. You are given the opportunity to remember that groups of women are safe, and you are given the opportunity to experience the acceleration of each woman's remembering, each woman's actualization of her truth, and then actualization of... mm, of her desired manifestations and intentions, okay? It all happens faster in, in a group setting like this, okay? So the groups that I run are, or this group, um, is, is my deepest dive, my deepest dive with any of my clients. It is a six-month walk. It is an alchemical container, so there is soul work, and soul transformation that happens, I bring everything from my light work, my um, my magic. My you'll hear light language. You'll hear activations from me. You'll hear channelings. And then there's you know Sarah, the teacher, and I'm mm, integrating all of this as the modern woman, the modern priestess who has you know, done this remembering and then brought it all together. So is this a spiritual group? Yes. Is this a practical group? Yes. We actually balance the feminine and masculine archetypes within us. And we do a lot of clearing and healing on those family lines to actually bring the archetypes back into actualized balance and come back into the heart as women, which is where our potential really truly truly lies. So this is the walk of the sacred truth mastermind. If you are interested, please go right now to Sarah and sign up for a consultation, talk to me, send me an email, but just do it quickly because August 19th is going to be here before we know it. And um and we'll talk and we'll get you set up. And thank you for being here. Thank you for remembering the truth of who you are. There are so many distractions in the world today so many distractions and our our first defense against what is happening if we if we choose to look at it or phrase it that way are the the best way we can handle what is going on is to remember the truth of who we are is to stand in the truth of who we are embodied as women remembering and remembering together. And that is truly a force, um, you know, that, that is stronger than any of the, uh, you know, jibber jabber that's going up on out there or the, the, um, honestly, the effect, the efforts to kind of hack your consciousness, because that's what's going on. That's what's going on friends. So, um, you standing in the sacred truth of who you are is, um, the best thing you could do for this changing world. And as, uh, as a group of women in the sacred truth mastermind, we will certainly be working with, uh, bringing in the codes, if you will, of, uh, feminine creation and what is meant to anchor on the planet at this time. So if that's for you, I look forward to hearing from you. And now I really look forward to introducing this episode. Oh my goodness, you all, I am so excited to share this interview with Jen Ely with you. Jen I'm going to read her bio in a, in a moment, but she's a money coach and a creativity coach for entrepreneurs and creatives and just so much wisdom here. So Jen and I can always chat. She and I went through the TEDx process together, uh, which was definitely an initiation into our own worth and value and voice as women. And in this conversation, we really <laughs> traverse uh, quite a range of topics that uh, I'm sitting here recording this after I've recorded the interview, and I'm actually in awe because what we just covered, um, I've never heard topics of worth and self worth, the feminine and rest. And the patriarchy and trauma—I've never heard it put together in one place like we just did, quite honestly. And so, I'm really glad that uh, Jen was available for this interview. And I just want to encourage everyone to listen the whole way through to the end. Uh, listen twice—that's <laughs> that's this kind of interview because there's just so much wisdom in here and so many applications to your own life. So. Um, Again, there's always the sacred remembering Facebook group that you can pop into after you listen to the interview and share what came up for you. And um, this time period is just so potent for women and coming into our worth and value through this sacred pause that has been coronavirus and and this changing world, um, you know, this interview is full of information about how you're healing and you're taking advantage of this sacred pause, sacred rest is actually the medicine for the world that we are collectively birthing. So uh, feel free to pop into the Sacred Remembering Facebook group and leave your thoughts after you hear the interview. We'd love to hear from you. And um, here's Jen's bio. Jenna Ailey is a bridge between the financial and business world and artists and creatives. For the past 20 years, it has been her passion to help people reclaim and harness their creative process in order to succeed. At this point in her work, that translates into supporting creatives to succeed in the business world by helping them to leverage their own genius. A creative herself, she bootstrapped an Asheville-based jewelry design business that has grown every year since its start in 2013. As a coach since 2003, Jen is committed to empowering creatives to thrive in expression, money, and business via coaching, workshops, and community programs. In 2019, she did a TEDx talk called Harness Creativity as Your Greatest Business Asset. Learn more at jenaleycoaching.com. And here's our interview. Hey, John, welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. It's so good to have you here. And we just jumped right in prior to pressing record. Um, you and I had gone through the TEDx process together, which is like, I feel like it was an initiation that like two sisters went through together. And um, so, yeah, our our Absolutely. core, <laughs> <our> core <laughs> message is we really shared a lot at that time um, with one another. So I am really looking forward to having you here today and talking about self-worth and your story of remembering your own worth and uh, what a potent time to be talking to women about worth and creativity um, in the world right now. So let's kind of ground into the present moment and just name where we are. We're recording this um, at the end of May. We're recording it on a new moon. It's not going to go public for you know another six or eight weeks, but it's a beautiful opportunity for us to tap into some of the energies that are going on now, and then um, we'll see where we are into the summer as uh, as this conversation hits
1: the world. But um, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. I, uh, I had a big day out yesterday. So today I'm kind of recuperating. So it feels good to be chill. And uh, it's gonna rain and I look forward to receiving that yeah. excuse to be inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot you know, continually in this COVID thing, there's a lot like it gets kicked up. And then we learn something and we learn about ourselves and we integrate it. And and that period of integration is sometimes um, like a calmer period or a slower period. And and I'm in that today too. Absolutely. But, you know, we're talking to begin about women at this time and sort of like this time in history and then the opportunities of COVID. So let's drop in there and um, you can share what you're noticing and what feels important about this time for women.
1: Yeah, I'll speak for myself because, you know, when this all started hitting in March, um, I actually had a wave of relief because I had been in such an internal process that I felt like that process was preparing me for what was to come. And I kind of felt like, oh, this is I felt faith and trust in the universe because of, you know, feeling that, um, all the shifts I had had internally to help me prepare for being in this. Um, and then since then I've experienced a lot of waves of just really, really deep, um, self-worth, uh, expression, creativity, um, whole new waves of getting in touch with my creativity in forms that I haven't in a very long time, like, you know, 15 years, I'm going to start painting again and drawing again. Um, And I've had a ton of ideas and I haven't had a lot of energy to like ground it and move forward. I'm feeling a shift now, but the last few weeks has been really challenging because I haven't been able to be busy and in doing mode. Um, And I've had to just let go of that, any kind of Pressure I've had on myself so I developed this new relationship with myself and this internal pressure and like I feel like the internal pressure has been a lot about um well the addiction to busyness first of all and uh identifying myself with uh what I'm doing and my actions and productivity and feeling worth from that and then um and then also with um it's like just some kind of level of proving something or trying to prove something to somebody. Um, And like, just, I had to let go of all that. And there was just layer upon layer and layer of letting go mostly of the pressure from myself and all the things I internalized and all those voices and uh, being, and, and then re, recalibrating a relationship with myself where it's not based in that pressure or judgment, you know? And, and I noticed it one night specifically, when I was, I watched TV for a while and then I was, I went to the bathroom before I went to bed and I was like, I was like, why do I feel like crap right now? And I was like, oh, because I've been judging myself for watching TV. And I was like, hello, it's a global pandemic. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm watching TV. What's the big deal? And so, it's just like, I've been catching myself more in places where I've been judging myself or doubting my decisions or, you know, um, yeah, just not letting myself rest or express basically. Yeah. Right.
0: So let's talk about that. Um, I think what you called addiction to productivity and here we are, you know, there's like, I don't mean to like create a polarity. Okay. We have like the nine to five world. Right. And that just like a huge giant pause just got pushed on that a couple months ago. And the whole world is like reeling from that. And then, you know, I was talking to another female entrepreneur yesterday and she was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I was still hustling and how much I was still addicted to the productivity to like prove my brand, get the social media posts out there. It's like, for those of us who who left the nine to five in order to create something new, and we recognize the dysfunction in that hustle, like in the addiction to the productivity and in the addiction to hustle. But then I think what we realized when COVID hit was like, Oh my gosh, this was still so deeply ingrained mm-hmm. in me. And even though I was trying to create like outside the box, it's still so in there culturally.
1: Yeah yeah I, I that's a good distinction um that yeah so I did and I, I and so i I was telling myself like oh I am totally free I chose my life i have bu- i have this business with like you know I'd make jewelry with gemstones it doesn't get any more feminine in that <laughs> creative expression yeah. and then i'm I'm supporting you know all kinds of groovy entrepreneurs who are heart based and creative to be empowered in the world and to thrive in that work um and if, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing externally, if the internal voices are, you know, making me a slave to whatever pressure I'm creating there. So yeah. the thing that keeps me, and I know you have a similar experience to this in some ways too, the thing that kept, cause so after COVID hit, I felt good at first and I felt like, okay, I'm here to like contribute. And I took like a three day webinar on how to like pivot for COVID as a practitioner, as a cook, as a coach. And like help how to market during it help people and like, you know, you know, all this stuff. And, and I had all these ideas and then I had no energy for it. And that kept happening some level Mm -hmm. of that. And so Mm -hmm. my body, I've been having some health stuff for a while. And so my body has been my main compass as far as my pace. Mm -hmm. And I've really had to slow down to a level that's uncomfortable for my ego. Mm -hmm. And, um, And, and then, but what's happening is that, and I feel a little bit emotional as I'm saying this, because I'm seeing it even more clearly is that the more I slow down, the more things come to me that are more perfect and aligned and useful than if I was pushing, because I, I noticed as well that there were some things that I was pushing and trying and expecting to have certain results and outcomes from it that weren't, weren't working before this hit. And I was yeah. kind of confused. And so now that I've had this space of two solid months, at least of just like being and allowing and creating and, um, you know, and I, I just up a Facebook post recently about how one of my clients, she, she's also a type overachiever overworker kind of person and super creative and has done amazing things. And, um, and and like, you know, the homework I gave her for the first session was among like three small steps toward her up-leveling up her brand in a practical way. It was, um, it was to take two hours a week and do nothing and or to do whatever she wanted mm-hmm. because, you know, what, what she had said in her intake form about, um, you know, if she had more money, what would she do? And one of the things was relax more and read more. And I was like, those things are free. Why? And this is not uncommon. We all do this. We all say, oh, I have to, I can't do, you know, whatever until I am rich or something. And while travel is limited now, that's a popular thing people want to do, but we can relax, we can read, we can draw, we can do whatever we want in our own homes. And so, so just that radical thing about like giving yourself some space and receiving from yourself, because Stretching your receiving muscle is the best prosperity practice there is. Mm. And and that's something that I've been, you know, developing and, and stretching into in a whole new way.
0: Yeah. And you really have to give yourself the space. So you just, you said some gems in there. Speaking of gemstones, like <laughs> you just like laid it out, girl. <laughs> um, so... So it's like, the yeah, it's this radical notion that, oh my gosh, if we slow down and break the expectation of continual productivity, mm-hmm. then what we actually find is that there's more space to rest, you know, I'll say as ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: from there, that's where the alignment comes from. Yeah. That's where like... I mean, I, I to be honest, like I've made more money in COVID per month than ever before, I, and and it's because of what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. it's because there was this. Pause where I could go so deep into the pause. And I mean, like I've been talking about mindfulness for years. I've been talking about rest. I've been talking about the feminine. Like, but I think what this, what COVID has given us is this opportunity to truly, truly integrate it into our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's in our consciousness, but I don't think we were able to live it. And, um, you know, I experienced the same thing where I was like, okay, you know, even though I'm an, uh, a work-from-home entrepreneur, I was like driving the child to town to school. And, you know, there was just like this level of busyness. And then when that wasn't there, there's the habit of busyness that's in the place of the actual mm-hmm. tasks <laughs> and then you like, wait, I can drop a layer deeper and a layer deeper. And then I remember one day on Instagram, I was like, I'm reading fiction, y'all. Like <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm reading fiction. And then I like picked up the ukulele. And I so there's there's this time to be using the brain in different ways that actually then lent to this creativity and self-worth. Like you're saying that um that I was not getting to either in the, in the hustle that I didn't yes. even realize was there.
1: I, I love all of that. And I'm cracking up because I also have an ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm playing with, And I started to read, like I have had such ADD that I have, and I was an English major, yes. English teacher. Like I love reading and I haven't been able to sit and read a book until this past week for months and months and months, mm-hmm. like if not over a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. And so, I I mean, I've I've been able to pick up and read here and there, but like I've actually been reading like page to page, not just skipping around, you know, pulling stuff out. And Mm -hmm. I just ordered some new books on Amazon and I'm so happy because I was like, oh my God, I can actually sit and read these now. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I think about this quote, I heard Marianne Williamson say years ago and I heard her speak and she said, you can only something like you can only grow or do as much as your nervous system can handle. Yes, and I feel like this downtime is really helping me expand my capacity to be to be present and to receive. And I've I've developed a Qigong practice over the last few months. And Qigong is something that I've wanted to do and I've done here and there, but like I've been doing it a few times a week if not daily for like weeks now, month probably yeah. a month and a half. And so and it's a new relationship with that. That is a practice that really works for me because it settles my mind, gets me in my body, moves energy, gives me energy. is good for my health. Like it's, it's like the, per- and I can do it inside. It doesn't matter if it's raining. It's like the perfect thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a miracle that I get up and do Qigong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful for this, 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 this time and also painting. Like I asked myself like what, so I had a, a birthday a couple of months month ago or so. And I was like, okay, what can I do within the constraints of what's happening? Um, and so I had dinner with a friend and got takeout for the first time, the whole, time, the whole COVID time. And I also, um, I was like, you know, I'm going to go buy paint supplies. And, you know, painting with acrylic paint, something I used to do like 15 years ago and before, but I, it was one of those things I had in the back of my head, like when I have my dream treehouse studio mm-hmm. slash office at my ha- home in the woods, mm-hmm. then I want to have a corner that's for painting. And I'm like, what am I waiting for? Right. And so I created this. I have a space in my home already that's like a creativity corner. And so I just re, 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 um, moved everything around, reorganized it. And now I have like, you know, 40 colors of acrylic paint and all kinds of palette knives and like different surfaces. And I'm just playing. Nice. And, um, you know, I may or may not sell the paintings eventually, but right now I'm just in my creative process and observing and getting so much inspiration from so many different things and just allowing that to come in.
0: Yeah. Um, and I love that because like, <laughs> you're like, I might sell them eventually. Right. I, I do this thing too, where it's like, well, if I'm going to sit down to write, what is going to be the product, the productivity? What's going to be the product that is the outcome? Is it going to be a book, a blog post? And thankfully, I did come back around to actually writing my book during this time as well. But it's like, no, we can just write. We can just paint. We can just create just for the sake of it. I mean, that's it. Like, It doesn't need to be this thing that's going to result in this other thing that's going to get us to where we want to be. I mean, wow, that's just so deep in our um, psyche at this point in this culture.
1: You yeah, know? There's one thing that, um, so early on during COVID, I, I watched a video with um, Dick Schwartz who founded Inner Family Systems, which you're familiar with, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had this story about how he was in Kauai and he was getting pulled out into under what's it called the undertow, whatever it is, like where he's just getting sucked out into the ocean and he didn't know how to get back because it's counterintuitive how you actually can go back to the shore. And so he was thinking he was going to die. And mm-hmm. so when he was out there, he told himself, he, you know, part of him was freaking out, obviously, and then he was able, with his mad skills of inner voices,
0: <laughs> to tell him. <laughs> and I got him, a whole family in my head.
1: Right, yeah. absolutely. I <laughs> got like a whole boardroom, and, um, and he, he said to himself, like, you know, part of him was like, I'm, you're going to die, and he said, well, if we do, I'll be right here with you. And I was like, oh my God, like I even feel emotional and like get chills right now because it's like, wow, can I have that level of unconditional love and presence with myself? Because if I can, like I'm invincible, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And emotionally at least. And so I I wrote down some different affirmations for myself because I have these things in my life that I feel like I'm attached to receiving and giving and getting in my life. And if I and so I wrote affirmations for each of those, and one of them is about my book that I drafted, a t- you know, um, two hundred right. pages of a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I haven't picked it back up yet because my for lots of reasons, and and I like I was like, okay, if I don't, if I die without having ever published a book, I still love and accept and am present with myself. And so it's just this whole different level of self-acceptance and valuing myself without the productivity piece and without attaching to like accomplishments or vision or getting anything or any of those things. It's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, being and becoming more of myself and more of a person that has a level of capacity for love for others and self is like the ultimate goal. And it really, you know, when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. So, ah,
0: so beautiful. And so mm-hmm. it's like,
1: it doesn't matter if I do those things or I have those things in life. And it's a lot of letting go of the things that, um, I thought that, um, I couldn't live without, you know, yes. and, mm-hmm. and different parts of me, think I can't live without, you know, like getting married or having a partner or having this perfect house or a certain amount of money or whatever. It's like, none of that matters. Um, and I think that COVID's also good for us in that way because it it kind of puts everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also turned forty five, so it's like you know the end of my you know the end of the phase of midlife crisis for me in a way. Mm-hmm. At least it feels like a certain level of completion with that piece. Um, and so yeah, so it's like, how do I let myself be and become without attachment to the external or any kind of internal pressure?
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, I know that these are things that we, we continue to learn, right? Like they're so deeply ingrained. And then we, we learn them like in layers and we revisit it and we revisit it and we revisit it. But you know, this time being a real opportunity for us to go deeper and that I, I really love this conversation because the depth of this opportunity for many, this COVID opportunity, um, is really uncomfortable because I think largely because of that addiction to the productivity and largely when we place our self-worth outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of want to hear you talk about the
1: patriarchy.
0: Okay. (laughs) Do you want to just like blow it up right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So before Sarah and I started recording, I was talking about um, God, like this book I just picked up and it's called um, patriarchy. uh, Sorry. Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And I can't remember the title, but sorry, the author at this moment, unfortunately. But it's blown my mind. And um, it's really helping me. Like, there's a lot of things I already knew about being a woman and, like, all this unconscious stuff. And I've even had, like, quote unquote, conscious boyfriends who would say things that were totally sexist. and And it's just, like, it's such, it's so, there's so much there. And there's so many messages that we've received as women that um impact our perception of our self-worth and uh just it's it's just it's there's so much there and reading this book really helped me or the be- beginning of it even really helped me see the ways that i have um undervalued myself or given myself less um permission to um to be me basically and to just slough off more layers of what's not me to step into who I am um, without the trying to become or the pressure to be something I'm not um, and finding more balance in that. Yeah. And then, and then I've been really asking the question, like after I, after I read these like first pages of this book, I read like a fourth of it or something in one night and I was like laying there like, oh my God, how does this apply to money? Like this, there's such huge implications to our relationship with money because of how we perceive our worth and our value as women. And because of the collective trauma that we all have underneath, you know, and I've gone to therapy for 10 years on and off and, Mm -hmm. um, 10 years total during, you know, a 15 year period. And, and I'm like, how do I have so much freaking trauma in my body? How much is moving through me when I you know, have, didn't have that heart of a childhood. And, mm-hmm. and one of the answers this author is giving is that it's, it's because we're women, basically. And because there's so much in our, from our ancest- ancestral um, lineage as well, because it, c- it comes through DNA and she presents a lot of amazing research to sh- show that. So mm-hmm. it, it helped me see like, oh, because she, she, two things she says is like, you know, one is there's nothing wrong with you. And two, you're not holding yourself back. Because there's this, there's this story in the self-help world of like, oh, you're holding yourself back.
0: And I remember
1: being in a program in the last couple of years, actually, that was all about like you know playing your bigger game and all this stuff. And it just didn't feel right to me. And it brought up so much trauma, I had so many physical responses to this experience that it was intense. And something was just off. And I feel like it's not allowing space for the healing and moving through the somatic experience of clearing trauma. Just um, fuck yes.
0: Like fuck yeah. yes to all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I share yeah. something there? Please. So, so much. Yes. So I, and I want to say this I, for listeners more, more than I need to say it for myself. So, and I don't think I've shared it on the podcast, but that's okay if I have. So I came from a lineage where like there was money, generations and generations ago. But then in recent generations, there was a lot of um, poverty, like intergenerational poverty. And I'm talking like from the mountains of West Virginia, lack, um, no running water, like within the last two generations. Okay. So I had to do some really deep lineage ancestral work to come into my own worth because fucking sure as a woman the women before me in both lines right like my mother's side and my father's side what are women what were women doing in the patriarchy for for many many generations they're looking to men and saying like may I have my worth now please and so it was like even if they knew who they were men controlled the resources right like I can't Mm -hmm. say if my female ancestors really truly knew the truth of who they were. But given the circumstances, any resources that they had were still in the hands of men. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's enough evidence that I know that many of those men were also highly dysfunctional. Because of patriarchy, right? So, so we're handed, like, so <laughs> I was given this family line of women who didn't know how to break out of that, didn't know how to have the resources in their own hands. And then even when they did accumulate resources, they still couldn't get themselves out from under the foot of, mm-hmm. like, the idea that, that man controls it. Man controls the money and resources and therefore me, you know, and that was like huge fucking trauma that I needed to clear in this lifetime. Um, And yeah.
1: And it's, it's still here because all, most of the leaders, majority of leaders are men and super incompetent dysfunctional, you know, asshole men. Yes. um, Unconscious. And the whole list I can go on for that list for like two years. (laughs) <laughs> descriptors. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, and so I just wanted to come back for a second because my father's family, so my grandparents, so one generation back had an outhouse until the late eighties. Yep. Damn. So we're talking like mm-hmm. Appalachia, like my mm-hmm. dad came home from high school and would go, you know, shoot his dinner basically mm-hmm. in, in the holler behind the house, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, yeah. And so then I thought about, you know when you talked about, the worth piece, like the safety piece, because if you don't feel safe, because you don't have your own resources or capacity to create them yourself, then how can you even get to worth because you don't feel safe? Right. Not to mention abuse, alcoholism, like, you know, like, I mean, for so many people, you know, um, Yeah, And and it's, you know, my, my uh, grandmother didn't drive. So for my dad's family, they had an outhouse till the late eighties. She didn't have a driver's license. And so she was literally at home all the time and like taking care of, you know, five boys and her husband. And, um, and, and, and it just like, that world, just one generation past Mm -hmm. to now is such a different world. And, you know, I think all the time, like how lucky I am to be this woman who can actually process all this trauma from my lineage, because I'm the first woman of my lineage, either side who hasn't had a freaking child, obviously. And so it's like, I have all this extra time. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm not, I'm not cleaning, you know, uh, laundry in a river. I'm not like, Mm I, I mean, I just feel like so grateful that I've had choice I've had freedom. And even though it's not perfect, like there's so much I can do with it. There's so much available to me that it's a privilege to have the capacity to feel safe enough to work through the trauma. Yeah. Even though it's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's not fun. But it is like, it is the generation to do
0: it. You know, the time is now like this, this is part of what is happening on the planet. You know, for women listening, I mean, this is part of the sacred pause and the sacred opportunity to come back into self-worth. And what I want to say, like what's really rising out of our stories is, you know, I want to, I want to say to women, stop looking to men to prove the self-worth and, and get conscious about how you're still doing this, right? Like, where are you saying, I don't know if I can be myself because a man hasn't approved it yet. And as as strong as I am, Jen, I was doing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Forever, you know, like I was breaking that big time and in the work in the last two years, but um, you know, but I'm still like scared, it's gonna still come back and bite me in the ass somehow.
1: Well, and it's a pattern, you know, it's a pattern that we've learned because it's like you know, the whole idea of pleasing men is is ingrained in us you know that that voice of like well no one will marry you you know i literally heard like if you don't learn how to cook no one will marry you kind of thing yeah. you know it's like hello okay great that's fine with me <laughs> like that's right. the case i'm not you know right. that's not why i want to get married if i get married ever and so it was just like this messaging of like because because pleasing men kept you safe, which kept right. you alive, right? You right. know, and like now we're we'll in a whole different playing field. Exactly, we're in a whole different playing field because we can you know get our create our own resources. Yeah, um, and
0: so a woman reached out to me a couple weeks ago. You know, because I have this podcast and and women are listening, and a woman reached out and she was like, "Oh my gosh." I'm so motivated by this, but you know, I have three children under five and I used to have my own business, but I had to give that up to stay home with the children, three children under five. Like that is a lot of time and energy and life force, right? Like that's where it's all going. And the husband is highly manipulative around the resources. And, um, and she has to behave in a certain way, you know, so that she can get the resources and she wants, she wanted to leave. and you know, my response, I, I just have been thinking about this for weeks and, um, you know, my response was like, figure out the first step to gaining control over your resources, like gaining ownership
1: mm-hmm. over
0: your resources. If that means like cleaning somebody's house in two hours a week and putting away 40 bucks, like I don't care, start it. Yeah. And- Start to watch it build and, and just like, no, because energetically that's sending signals, mm-hmm. right?
1: What other wisdom do you yeah. have right there? You're a money coach. Like, yeah, I would say a version of the same thing because basically it's just like getting out of that helpless uh, mode into, and, and like, I don't know what to do. I feel trapped mode into like, I'm doing something, damn it. Like, let's make this ship, shift, you know, shift directions. Yeah. Um, and even babysitting other people's children, um, yes. you know, cooking, baking, like anything that she can do with the resources she has already. Cause it's, you know, prosperity mindset is all about like, what do I have now? And how can I optimize this to create more, to give more, to create more value in the world? You know, Lynn twist is her book, this old money. One of my favorite prosperity quotes is all about, you, you know, using what you have to, and being grateful for what you have. Because, you know, prosperity comes from gratitude, not from wanting more. So it's like that enoughness. Like I, you know, yeah. And I always ask the question when I feel any kind of scarcity, is which the question is, what, if, I, if I had what I needed, where would I look for it? Mm. So, I, you know, knowing that I always have what I need, where would I look for it and what would it look like if I had it? Beautiful, and, uh-huh. and there's always an answer that comes to yeah. that. And even when I've been like, had no money, no food, literally, like, you know, like, I, you heard my story on Ted, like, I, it was like getting to that question eventually helped shift the, shift the energy and shift the dynamic and move, create movement. And so, um, yeah. And what other resources does she have? You know, like if she has relationships as well and other people, family members, where she can, you know, get support and let people know that she's planning to do what she needs um, without creating drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, yeah, because it's just a matter of telling the universe, yes, I'm willing to step out of this. I'm willing to trust and take a leap of faith here and not like insane, crazy, just like go live on the street kind of thing, but like a, you know, plan. It's like, I think of Shawshank Redemption, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. movie where, you know, he's like, digging a hole like a little tiny bit at a time for a while and he you know creates an escape route like that that little bit by little bit makes an impact that's what yeah can you say that Lynn twist quote again let me hear that again um well and this is a definitely a paraphrase but, um, but it's basically about uh prosperity is not about wanting more and getting more it's about uh being seeing that you have enough looking at your resources yeah, looking I'm at your resources. It mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna pull up on my phone actually because it's a really good uh, quote.
0: I love that, and and that you know I, I've definitely been there too. Like no money and uh, needing needing to figure things out. And I think the mind goes first. Like when you're in lack of consciousness, the mind is like, I. I don't have any resources because I don't have the money in my bank account and looking, but then but what you're saying is like looking around and the resources are inside of yourself. Like yeah. I can, I, yeah, I can cook. I can babysit somebody else's kid. I got uh, like <laughs> at the point where I was like breaking this um, money trauma and patriarchal trauma. And I was like, you know, and it had a lot to do with, with worth and with money. And so I had to go down before I came up, like I had to go down into, and and I was like, okay, I am, I'm going to have to stare this fear of poverty in the face. Yep. Exactly. Right. I'm going to have to like fucking be in it until I'm not in it anymore, but I will never be here again. Like that was my oath. My vow (laughs) was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going in, I'll do what I have to do but I'm, but I'm breaking this trauma of not believing in my worth and my value such that I can create what I want to create. Because even through, uh, and you and I both talked about this a lot through the TEDx process and also in our talks, but we, are indoctrinated into believing that the more we accumulate, the more degrees we accumulate, the more college degrees, the more, you know, the, yes, the statuses, the man, the children, the house, like the more of that will equal our worth. And, um, to break that pattern is like,
1: it's no small thing. Like Mm -hmm.
0: I, I just want to
1: say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's no like, small like, thing. And the thing no is that we got there, you know, you know, I have multiple degrees and we've had to quote unquote success in the nine to yeah. five kind of education fields, both of us and like all this stuff. And, and it, it, it burned me out. Like I was really burnt out by the end of that, you know? And so. Yeah. You know, the thing that comes to mind. We're talking about this woman and her small kids, and you know stepping into you know poverty to like face it, to you know dive into whatever's here, so we can move through it and feel it to heal it. Is that you know the thing that I find that I have to check myself for the most, and it comes in a lot of forms, is some form of giving my power away. Yeah. So it's either I'm afraid of what people will think. I'm afraid of saying something wrong, doing something wrong. I'm afraid of being judged. And all those go back to feeling safe. Um, and, And it's like, that's what stops my creativity, but creativity and creating something new and following desire and vision is the way fucking out. Yeah. And it's the way into our power and not power in the masculine, patriarchal kind of way, hierarchical kind of way, but just like inner connection, knowing like, heart energy, uh, like, you know, that mama bear energy even, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The power and
0: the worth and value of the feminine. I feel like this is where we can start to wrap up the conversation, Jen, but just really, like, leave us with some thoughts, if you would, about, um, about that worth of the feminine, like mm-hmm. what we haven't even tapped into yet. And, and I yeah. really believe that this is what we're on the precipice of with COVID. Like I believe, let me just say this out loud. I believe that divinely COVID is here so that the sacred feminine archetype, like the energetic, can um, reinstate into the collective, like the planet itself. The, and it's going to happen through primarily, in, in my opinion, it's going to happen through women's bodies it's going to happen through women. Like, as you were saying, I had to listen to my body and what my body wanted to do. And that took you into creativity. And then that took you into prosperity, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that COVID, this see me, this virus is like, a, is a very divine opportunity for the feminine and for women to come into this worth. So, um, Yeah. Talk to us about like women and creativity and worth just like any closing, closing. Yeah.
1: I I think the biggest thing is that we don't value rest and we don't value, um, like, like for me, the kind of like, it's kind of like when I'm just at home or, or wherever and I can do whatever I want. And I really give myself that I call it abundant free time, Hmm. And it's that really, rec- it's like I'm. I'm not procrastinating. I'm not like I'm not. I'm not not doing anything else. I'm just really in a free mode of doing whatever I want, and I have to like set a time frame for it to let myself really do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about the Hakomi uh, sen- sensitivity cycle, which is a psychology mm-hmm. concept, which I'm f- you're surely familiar with too. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, we have to rest. We rest, and then we from rest we get insight. Mm-hmm. And then from insight, we take effective action, and then we have satisfaction, and then we rest. Those are the four things, rest, insight, uh, effective action, satisfaction. And anytime that's not working or something's not working, we come back to rest. And when I learned this, it was a huge epiphany for me, and it was also one of the hardest things I've ever done. Totally. (laughs) Because for me to stop, to rest, to just be is one of the hardest things for me. And so... I'm learning to do that and I'm learning to honor it and I'm learning to honor my creativity and my expression for its own sake, even if I don't share it with the world, Mm -hmm. even if I, you know, it's still valuable because it's being put out into the world, you know, even if it's only in my own home and I get to, it gets to move through me and I get to express it. And so just that piece in itself, the value of my creativity, my expression, my own feeling of self-worth and power through all that and what I'm becoming and who I'm becoming and who I can be and then ultimately what I can do when it's time to do something different, it'll be coming from a different place. It'll be coming from a deeper place inside of me and uh, I'm accessing more of the universe through me to be able to bring more through me than ever before because I have more capacity. And I'm not coming from a place of ego, proving, trying, like fear of not being safe or, you know, my worth issues, whatever. It's like, I'm creating from a place of being a queen and allowing it instead of trying and pushing. And I'm coming from a place of vision. And and even though I don't even have a vision right now, exactly. It's like, not even attaching to that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And trusting that that's all going to arise. Exactly. It
0: absolutely. 100% will. And you're not going to find it if you're going looking for it. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know? it, it really is yeah. a lot of allowing and surrender. And, yeah. and, you know, I've experienced so many waves of surrender through this whole thing and all kinds of different ways and different levels that have been intense and not pleasant feeling. Um, and, every, and, and the waves subside. And then I feel like I'm a different person on the other side of it every time.
0: Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful glimpse into the feminine process. And I really wanna I wanna say this part out loud that's a really arising here is that like the the process that you just described of rest and recalibration inside the feminine system is like a microcosm of what the macrocosm needs. It's like what the world needs. Exactly. Patriarchal reset patriarchal reset is like, that is the process in inside of women's bodies. I mean, that's how profound this personal work is. And so when you're doing it for yourself, you are naturally doing it for the collective. Like it's not a productivity Mm. thing. Like, Oh, I got to heal so that the collective can heal, but it's natural. It's just, it is how we change the world. Like women
1: resting and taking a nap is how we change the world. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and it's just allowing what wants to move through me to move through and out. You know, because I'm clearing so much stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's and mm-hmm. yeah, and I, you know, and I, and I did think about okay, like this is what's this is what's happening in me. So this must be what's happening in the collective on some level. And usually, like what's happening in me happens before I see it out t- outside of myself. Yeah, and So I'm just trusting that's another experience of that.
0: Yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah, this is going, I, I trust that this podcast is just going to drop at the exact right time. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Will you please tell the audience, speak where they can find you online? And we'll also have all of this in the show notes as well.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, my website is jenalycoaching.com. Um, and yeah, you can find me anywhere with J E N A O Y. It's usually my, my, um, user, uh, name most places. So it's easy to find me online. Well, thank you so much for being here and bringing all
0: of your gems and all of your story and truth and, um, your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. Thank you, Jen. And thank you listeners for being here. I want you all to know that I have linked Jen's TEDx, my TEDx, um, Jen's contact info, um, and the book that she mentions, The Patriarchy Stress Disorder, is in the show notes at com slash podcast. Um, it is so time for every woman to own her worth our worth right now it is certainly a trauma for us to think otherwise and you know sacred remembering and standing in the truth of who we are is how we remember our value so um thank you so much for being here until next time um just keep on walking toward your truth women keep on keep on so much love This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.